0: to be a first love people, and this has been something that the Lord has been um, lovingly challenging me on, Um, is just that he remains number one in my heart, in every aspect, that everything that would flow out of me would be motivated by love for him. reality is that life can be hard sometimes. I've had a hard couple of weeks to be honest and, and it's hard, like Jesus doesn't make it hard, but sometimes people make it hard. Sometimes life makes it hard and sometimes busyness makes it hard. Realisation of self, lack, uh, inadequacy, all of those sorts of things that makes it hard. Um, and what I've found in in my journey, so I've been I've been a pastor for since I was 21, and I'm 37 today. So today, not today. Sorry, um, it's not my birthday. My birthday. It's not my birthday. I mean, I am. I am currently 37. I turn 38 on the 25th of April. Um, so it'll be fun. Since when Brian the street is here, so drop a hint, bring me a present. Um, but uh, yes, it's been a long, a long time. And you know, God, uh, God calls you to do things not because you're equipped or adequate. It's because He is. Uh, and He gives us all we need and, and really we're, we're supposed to be staying in that place of complete and utter dependency upon Him. And, and I know that's been part of my journey is that I've, I've learned along the way how to be adequate even in, in ministry areas. How to be adequate to kind of articulate myself with language. How to be adequate in terms of how I deal with relationships and, and, and you learn adequacy because you grow in wisdom. Like it's not just I'm going to be a fool and Jesus will do everything. But there's the part of, well, I start off as a fool and he moves me towards wisdom. Jesus, when he was young, at the age of 12, he grew in wisdom and stature and faith with God and man. So he started off that you know lacking in wisdom i mean this is jesus himself obviously as he put off his divinity and took on humanity there was he he came as a child and he came not with the full awareness of all of those things and i don't get how all of that works but but there was something where he grew but the problem with when we grow in wisdom to a place that then our dependency starts to lean into our wisdom rather than into the presence and the voice of god then it's very easy to, uh, to get drawn away from love being our primary motivation and intent of our hearts. Uh, so it's it's and it's that kind of strange, it's like a slippery slope. And we find ourselves in a place where, well, of course, if you ask me, well, of course I love Jesus, but the revelation for me and its churning is like, but am I in love with Jesus? Am I in love with him? am I enamored by him and uh, you've probably come across or heard this scripture before but it is revelation 2 and it's this is where the angels or the messages to the different churches in the different regions that these letters have been written to it says to the angel of the church in Ephesus write the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks among the seven golden lampstands and he says I know your works your toil and your patient endurance and how you cannot bear with those who are evil but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake and you have not grown weary so Jesus speaking is like you guys are doing such a great job like you're upholding values of mine, and you're not standing for certain things, and you're standing for other things. You're doing such a great job. You know, this is what they call it, like an encouragement sandwich. Is that what they call it? You know, so they you start. You're doing so well, but, and literally he says, but, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. The Passion Translation says, but I have this against you, you have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. That first encounter love, that first reality kind of love, that engagement with you. So you're doing all of these great things. I have nothing against what you're doing there. What I have against is you're doing all of those things, but it's not flowing out of love for me. You've fallen out of love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers I will grant to eat of the tree of life which is the paradise, which is in the paradise of God. I love how he finished it. He who has an ear to hear. So this is, I feel like this is even a word for you that if you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, not what I'm saying or not anything, any other filter that it might come through. Because this is one of those words where it's very easy to feel condemned. It's very easy to feel guilty. Well, I'm not doing enough. I'm not performing enough. I'm not achieving enough. But what Jesus is saying is, it's not actually about what you're doing. It's about what's going on inside. And it says... This word it says uh, he who has an ear to hear let him hear what the spirit says to the church now obviously this was written a couple of thousand years ago long time ago and it's written specifically to the church in Ephesus uh, which was a geographical place and uh, and also was later written to a people they would this would have been delivered to them and they would have probably read it out in their different gatherings of what was happening there um, but just to understand in in the Greek language the way that the greek language is formed the uh, kind of grammatical parts of it is a little bit different to english um, but that word says is a present active participle so it's a word it's the the way that that verb is formed is it's not just a then word but it's a now an ongoing word so when it says this is what the spirit says to the churches it is it, he said it then and he continues to say it now So in terms of the relevance well, that was back then. No, it is the now reality that the Lord continues to teach and speak this to His bride in all seasons, at all times. Because the priority of our life should be to love first. But it calls us back to this first love experience with God and living out of that kind of first love place. But I, I know what it is to... You get busy your heart gets tired your body gets tired and you just get busy even doing lots and lots of good things and we could be even more busy in this church doing good things I feel like the opportunity for us to do good things is there's far more opportunity to good things than what we're doing we actually often say no to good things because just because they're good doesn't mean he's in them or just because they're good doesn't mean we have the heart to to do it which means it would be giving out of this false expectation to maybe meet someone else's expectation to do something but it's not love and it's not motivated by him we want to do god things not good things you know maybe for some of us we've known jesus even since we were a child growing up in the church, just always knowing about Him, which can mean that we've never even maybe had like a first love experience. We've never had the, the the giddy sensation, the the heightened anticipation, the longing just to be. You know, I think about when when Lisa and I first started dating. That's what it was. And our, any moment that we could spend, so from, I think from the day that we started dating, every single day we saw each other. And sometimes I was doing my apprenticeship at the time, and uh, and and I would often stay up like super late. We'd just we'd just sit together, and uh, you know, just at, either at her parents' house or my parents'. We both lived at home, and 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 we'd just sit there. And sometimes she'd fall asleep. You know, just just snuggle up to me. We'd just be sitting there talking, then she'd fall asleep, and I would sit there for hours. Like she might fall asleep at 11 o'clock, and I'd sit there till three o'clock in the morning. Just being with her, just enjoying being with her, and then suffering the next day when I had to get up at six o'clock, you know, to drive all the way out to, to where my uh, my job was. But um, but that but it's like it was so worth it. You know, I'd be totally ruined for the next day, but it was so worth it just to be with her, to spend time with her. And the reality is today, which I I, I wasn't sure. When you have those first love feelings and they do they kind of can dissipate naturally um and i was always like you know i hear people and they talk about you know we've been married for 20 years and i love my wife more than you know than the than the day i met her and i was like i, want, I like i want that to be my experience jesus and i feel like it is i feel like i love my wife more than i've ever loved her and yet it's a knowing and it reflects in my behavior in my words in how i live my life but I also want to have the experience of being so in love with her. There's an irrationality of being in love. Like you do dumb stuff when you're in love. Do you agree? Yeah, you just you, you, you push the limits, you go to extremes, you know, like it's but that's what being in love is like. And for me, I, I'm like, well, I could say, yes, I love my wife, and I love her more than I ever have, and I could say the same about Jesus i love jesus and i love him more than i ever have but am i just kind of caught up in the the swings and roundabouts of christian life and yet is my heart captivated in the same way as when i first met him is my heart captivated in the same way as when i first encountered my wife or do i know her to such a degree that it's almost inoculated me to the the pursuit of knowing more and we can do that with god it's like we, we 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 know enough about him that it kind of actually slows down the pursuit because we become comfortable in each other's presence and it's a good thing to know god but he calls us to the more there's always more you can never fully know him <laughs> you know maybe you've been a christian for a long time it but just that sense of just excitement and anticipation for encountering him spending time with him maybe that's just kind of dissipated a bit for you and there's no i'm putting shame on you and i and i don't believe that jesus was speaking to the church and putting shame on them he's like but i do you need to understand that this is not going to continue to work unless you're living in that first love experience with me otherwise you'll end up doing a whole lot of good works but it won't be us doing good works it'll be you doing good works You know, maybe God's always just been a faithful friend and you you kind of know He's there. Maybe He helps you get parking spots or when really bad things are happening, like you'll you'll kind of talk to Him about that. Um, You know, I I just, I feel, and this is not putting, I don't know if shame is the right word, but but I feel ashamed sometimes at how little attention I can pay to Him throughout my day. And yet I'm working, doing all of this good stuff for God. And yet, missing him in the process. Because if we're not in love with Jesus, then what are we? Like, who are we? What purpose and meaning does my life have without that? Because everything else will one day disappear. You're going to die, or Jesus is going to return whatever comes first everything that you've accomplished and achieved will not just I mean it might carry on if you go to to be with the Lord and it might carry on and there will be a legacy but you I I, I can imagine you're not even going to care because you're going to be in the presence of God and you're going to be so you're going to see him as he is and you're going to be so enamored by that reality you won't even be able to look away But everything will disappear apart from love the only enduring investment that you have for eternity is your love for jesus that's the only thing that will survive judgment day that's the only thing that will survive that process the crossing over to be with him is your love for him you know uh this guy called dallas willard he's written a few books he's passed away now but uh in one of his books he, he talks about people who don't love Jesus now or, or love worshipping God or love being in his presence Christians he's talking about he, he says essentially heaven will be like hell to those who don't enjoy the presence of God because that's all you're going to be doing sometimes you can feel like you know worship how long are these people going to worship for yeah and, and infinite infinitely small amount compared to what eternity is going to look like. So for me, if I'm ever in a time where I'm like, oh, what's going on? We should probably kind of move on. Let's transition people. What I want to be sparked in my heart is why do I want to stop loving on you, Jesus? What's going on in my heart that something has become more important or more value?" valuable or a greater draw to me than loving on you? Like, oh, I should probably spend some, I should probably have a quiet time, spend some time in prayer. Why, Lord, is it such a, a draw away from the responsibilities of life to be with you? Like, it's such a, a difficulty to drag myself away. Okay, God, I'll give you what you want. Whereas, like I want the opposite to be the case. It's like, come on, Brad, come down from the mountain. Like, you've got work to do. <laughs> You know, Brad, okay, you can stop worshipping Jesus now because, you know, you've got to eat lunch. You know, like uh, like I want to be in that kind of place with God. It's like, drag me away from being with Him. Sometimes my heart's like, oh, I've got to be dragged into that place. You know, we talk about sometimes in worship, it's like you can spend the whole, when you're leading worship, the whole time just trying to get people... To acknowledge his presence just to be in love with him and it's like that's that's the starting point (laughs) the end point is that you would be more in love with jesus but not each week when we come back and like cool i'm at zero zero love hopefully you do something god to interrupt my day and i'll go from zero to something more of love for you because we're not living cultivation but again it's you know I, i was just journaling is a new thing for me but and i'll sit there and i'll write like maybe a couple of dot points but the point isn't what i write it's just who i'm with um, but he talks about it was like i was just discussing with the lord about you know spiritual disciplines so things like prayer and fasting and worship and silence and solitude and these different uh, you know they just call them spiritual disciplines and i'm but part of me i'm like what well, I don't like the idea of me loving God being a discipline. Because it kind of feels just a little bit like, like if, if someone wanted to spend time with me because, well, I'm just going to discipline myself to spend time with you. It doesn't feel very nice. That's, that is an obligation. That's like, well, I'm I, I, it's the right thing to do, so I'll do that. Now, I understand that being disciplined to to set apart time is is good and and right, and we can have that. But I was thinking about spiritual disciplines, and I'm like, I think they're they're like God's love languages. So God says, come and pray, because I love to hear your voice. I love it. I just feel the love when you want to spend time with me. Worship. You know why? Because when you worship, you're loving on me, and I love for you to love on me. It's all of those things become their love language. So they're opportunities that I can pour out my love on Jesus. But we think sometimes we get locked into that thing of prayer. It's almost, it's the success of prayers can look like it's dependent on how many words I spoke. Or did I feel the anointing? or did I? It's like, did I just choose to be with Him? Sitting on the couch till 3 a.m., You know, as John laid his head on the chest of Jesus, and maybe Jesus sometimes wants to lay his head on your chest. Just to be. Because you don't care what you talk about when you're in love. You're actually not even thinking about what's going on out there. <laughs> I've got to work tomorrow. Who cares? Heaven loses its appeal if we don't love Jesus, because who would want to spend eternity with someone they don't love? The motivation for everything that we do in the Christian life must be love, because any other motivation will defile the act. The greatest love, you're doing a really good thing, loving someone, caring for them, preaching. Worship, ministry, casting out demons, every spectacular, miraculous thing, evangelism, going to another country as a missionary for God. Any of those things that is not coming from a primary motivation of love will be defiled. Love purifies all of those things that we do. Our healing journey is for love. And this is the danger, and I know I shared about it before, but we have, you know, we have a high priority for heart healing, the heart journey, getting, coming into wholeness, pursuing righteousness, walking in purity and wholeness. But the goal of that will be that you will walk in a greater measure of freedom, that you'll walk in a greater measure of peace, that you'll come into a greater measure of wholeness, that your relationships will be less um, kind of impacted by you circumstances of life won't impact you in the same way that you'll be free from bondage to to be who god has called you to be but we should be pursuing that because of love you know if i get some prayer ministry because i want to be in peace i'll i'll get peace i just may not get the prince of peace If you're pursuing ministry and healing and wholeness so that you can be in peace, you'll get the peace. Because that's the fruit of that freedom. That's the fruit of that breakthrough. That's the fruit of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what it looks like to enter into that kingdom realm. And when we're, there's errors of brokenness, there's errors of bondage, we can't fully enter into that place. But then he heals us and restores us and we get to step into that and we get the fruit of the kingdom. And yet if we're, our motivation is simply for peace, we'll get peace, we just won't get the Prince of Peace. But that's what we're, that's what we're about, like surely. Because then it becomes this kind of selfish motivation. So I don't like feeling guilty about the sin in my life. So I'll go and someone will help me to encounter Jesus so that I can repent and get restored and deal with whatever is holding me there. But then I'm just gonna walk out, not loving Jesus anymore. Just more free to continue not loving Jesus. And yet he loves me and that's why he would do it. And there's no, even though I'll do it for the wrong reason, he loves me so much, he'll still give me the fruit because he'll honor, he'll honor the laws that he's established in his kingdom. We often chase the fruit when Jesus offers us the vine. John 15, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. What does abiding look like? It's not doing much, it's staying connected if you keep my commandments you'll abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full Jesus desires that your joy may be full full measure and where does that come from it comes from just abiding in his love and he says if you keep my commandments you'll abide in my love Following the commands of Jesus won't get you into love. It'll keep you in love. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Now that challenge isn't to go, so therefore I've got to obey more. No, no, you've got to love more. That's an invitation to love. It's not an invitation to obedience. If you're you're in disobedience, it's revealing that I'm not in love. So if I get in love, if I fall in love, the natural course, the natural flow will be to follow Him. Because wherever you want to go, Jesus, I'll go. Again, when you're in love, you'll go watch movies that you would never watch on your own. You go and do things, you go places you'd never go on your own. But you go because they're there. And you want to be with them. That's what love looks like. when we grow in our understanding in our wisdom in our knowledge it's for love so we want to know you more God we want to know more of the attributes of his nature so we can fall in love with that part of who he is and I want to get healed from any judgment that I have against you that's false so that I can see you as you are so I can fall in love with who you are but if God is love, as the scriptures say, if God is love, then we can't know more of God unless we're falling more and more in love with God. He is love. I want to know you more, Lord. So I step into the knowing more of who he is. He is love. So I'm going to get a knowing of love. So I'm going to fall more in love with him the more that I'm knowing him. And yet we can pursue knowledge. We could know this back to front as the people in Jesus' day did, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, but they missed him. They weren't in love with him. They might have been in love with the law or in love with their culture or in love with the fruit that it brought for them in some way. Because if you follow the laws of God, you will be blessed. Because they're they're laws that God has established. You won't necessarily get the fruit of love and loving him. So if we are in this intellectual pursuit of God and our heart is not engaged, you cannot know God because God is love. Does love reside here? No, it resides here. So if this isn't gate. If this, if I'm not approaching the Word in this way and receiving in this way, then I'm then this is going to be filled with a whole lot of stuff and it's going to miss the primary point, which is love. All ministry is for love. If we're going to evangelize and tell people about Jesus, it needs to be because we love him and we want to introduce people to the one that we love. But the danger is that you could fall in love with evangelism. You can fall in love with worship. You can fall in love with healing. You can fall in love with all of the opportunities for ministry. I just love worship. Man, I just love worship. Do you love worship or do you love Jesus? (laughs) On the streets and events people. I see people getting saved it's good, do you love evangelism or do you love Jesus and that's not a condemnation against anyone who's doing all of those things I'm just saying, you, you've got to come back it's got to be first love motivation because I've, I've, I've come across people in my many years of ministry and it's like, I can tell you really love to study the Bible but it doesn't seem to produce love in your heart for God or for people it's a love of learning, it's the love of the scriptures, it's the love of all of those things. But like, do you have you been changed to be more love? Because God is love and you're being transformed into his likeness. So therefore, each day as I'm pursuing him, I'm becoming love. Not even learning to love, I'm becoming love. We cannot grow in understanding if we're not growing in love. Even the danger of, of knowing your destiny and your calling and the giftings on your life is that you can fall in love with those things more than Jesus. We get so in love with the prophetic declarations and the words over our life, and I'm like, this is where I'm going, and I'm so I'm pursuing this thing. But I've got to be activating my gifts and walking in this way. But is it coming out of because I love Jesus? And now again no one can look at the fruit on your life and then determine whether or not you're in love with jesus you can get a hint but ultimately it is the personal motivation because one person doing amazing things for god versus another person doing amazing things for god one can be doing it because they love doing amazing things and the other can be doing it because they love jesus but it has to be then that we decide in us not how am i behaving but lord search my heart because if i'm not in love then i don't want to do because then I'm doing it for some other reason. Sometimes we get we just get tired doing the things that God wants us to do. Because we're not in love. Or well, we're doing it out of obligation. Oh, I guess well he says I should do this, and because I love you, I guess I'll do it. That's not what love looks like to me. Now, love can look like doing hard things. But it's that weird thing, it's like the hard things kind of are also easy when you're in love. <laughs> By like fasting, oh, but I fast, not when you're in love. I won't eat for days, Lord, if I'm in love. I'll, I'll, I'll wake up early if I'm in love. I'll stay up late if I'm in love. I'll endure hardship if I'm in love. And the fact is you know the last few generations we've lost love this is why part of even where we we're pushing the awakening of hearts because you can't love without your heart you can't love like emotions are a good thing now our emotions get defiled our emotions aren't always a reflection of truth but they are absolutely a reflection of what we believe So if we pay no attention to our emotions, then we don't get the revelation of what's behind the emotions that maybe need some healing or whatever lies we're believing so that we can deal with that with the Lord so that we can come into a greater measure of being able to love Him. Because that's what He does. As our hearts get healed, our capacity and our ability to love increases. So that's why, heart journey, what's the the big deal about that? How are you going to love more? If you don't have a greater capacity to love because you'll have a whole lot of things that will stand in the way of love like unforgiveness is a barrier to love bitterness is a barrier to love judgment is a barrier to love all sin is a barrier to love and love is the antidote for every sin if you're in sin you can be disciplined and you can work hard on things and you can be passionate about getting out of that sin. But again, it, it can even be that. It's, like, it's not because I love you, Jesus. It's just because I hate sin. And I hate the impact that it has. I hate the guilty feeling that I have. And yet when you're in love with Jesus, all of a sudden, even the desire and the motivation to do those things starts to fall away. I don't find temptation to sin when I'm in love with Jesus. Because I know this. I'm making a choice. I'm not in lack. Saying, hmm, what should I do? Oh, there's sin. I'll, yeah, I guess I'll go and do that. It's like, I'm over here. I'm so in love with you. I'm not even aware of other things that I could be in love with. Because I'm so in love with Jesus. There is no other alternative. It's when I fall out of love with Jesus, then I'm presented with these opportunities. Sharing, you know, talking with someone the other day and, and they were talking about, you know, they just, they Struggled in a particular area, but they shared that the impact of what they felt which shocked them the most is that they felt their intimacy with God shift. So they made a choice, a decision to sin, and then the fruit of that was like, he's not as close as what he once was. And I want to tell you, God will, will, will take a step back because he's not going to be treated that way. He, is, he has honor and respect and love for himself now it's got does it mean you're not saved if you sin not at all does it mean you're going to go to hell not at all is he going to punish you for that not at all yeah but he doesn't he doesn't it's registered he doesn't share his throne he doesn't share his throne with idols oh you can have lots of loves You can just worship lots of gods and as long as I get some of your time, somewhere along the line, I'll be happy. It's like, no, no. First love above all other loves. There's a scripture that says, you know, if you love me, obey my commands if you're taking notes that's in oh i don't even have it there you know where it is look it up um yeah so we have the greatest commandment love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength the greatest commandment the 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 penultimate thing and when the religious leaders ask jesus they're like what is what's the if you were to sum up all of the scriptures all of history What would would be the number one thing for us to do? And he says, love God with every part of who you are. And obviously love your neighbor as yourself, but that first thing, love God. And then Jesus also says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. So, okay, if I love you, I'll obey your commands. Okay, what are your commands, Jesus? Love me, okay. All right, I love you, Jesus. Okay, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Okay, Jesus, so what, what are you commanding me to do? First, Lord love me. Okay. <clears throat> you understand that even the the how the way the scriptures are laid out for you, the commands of Jesus, it's always coming back to love. But what now, Jesus? What do I what do you want me to do? Love me. Okay. Well, if I move away from how about I stand here and I say now, Jesus, I'm so in love with you. What do you have for me to do? But we do we move away from that place sometimes. Just life can drag us away. From that place of just being in love. So then we ask, okay, well, what, what do I what am I supposed to do now that I love you, Jesus? This so is the first thing is that you love me. <laughs> We're just this this cycle of love. Again, does he call us to yes, go and speak to that person about me? Yeah, go and serve in that way, go and love in that way, be generous in that way. You know, do all of those things. But if they're not coming out of this place of first love. Encounter reality with God. Then they're not going to produce the fruit that he desires. The greatest command is love. So to love is to love. This love produces more love. Obedience produces more love when it's coming out of love. And as I said before, love makes us do crazy and irrational things. Love makes us dance in front of a big group of people. Love makes us sing out of the the top of our lungs, even though we know we can't sing in tune. And other people might care, but you don't care because you're in love. Love makes us be generous with our money. Love makes us cost ourselves for the sake of others. Love makes us love other people. You know, as we journey with Jesus, sometimes the the simple things of the of the good news of the king and his kingdom, they they start to lose some of their weightiness or the excitement of it. You know, just that that God loves you. Oh yeah, we know Brad. I know God loves me. Cool. Jesus died for your sin got that heard that about a million million times you know move on oh the spirit of god the very presence of god dwells in you he's made you his home got that all right fully understand get it what else but those things they're not like oh my goodness holy spirit you would dwell in me like you would choose me to be your home Jesus, that you would die when I was your enemy, that you would choose to die on a cross, to endure all of the reality of the pain that you endured, just so that I could know you and walk in freedom. I remember many years ago when I was a youth pastor, and I used to sometimes, you know, after was, oh, Sunday night, Friday night, different times, and I'd just go and, and hit the streets. I'd go into Northbridge and just Go wherever Holy Spirit kind of wanted me to go, and one time He God told me to buy a football and go into Northbridge, and uh, and I just found a bunch of guys hanging out in a park in Northbridge, and um, I said, like, hey, you know, fellas, you want to you know kick the footy and stuff, and uh, and they were all drinking and, and doing whatever, and uh, and yeah, so I'm just connecting with them, just just trying to love on them, and then one guy's like, hey, you're like you're like an undercover cop, and I'm like, no, 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 and I had a what would Jesus do bracelet, like, no, no, I'm a Christian. And I don't know if that was better or not. But, uh, you know, and I, I, I met these guys who just used to just worship on the side of, like, on Jane Street. And they just worship and and she, you know, old school kind of street evangelism. Not, like, down on people, just sharing the love of God. And uh, I remember one night I went into Fremantle and um, hanging out. You know, it's crazy kind of late night Fremantle vibes going on. And uh, there was a, an Indigenous lady there, and she... She was just there and then uh, someone guy walked past and i don't know if he said something to her or or did something but she reacted you know he was being very rude and she reacted and started yelling at him and screaming and "And the police see it they come over and they grab her obviously because she's reacting to what this dude's said and done which i heard i saw the whole thing and they're kind of grabbing so i then intervene i'm like "No, no 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 she she was not in the wrong this guy did this said this and so i kind of helped so that she didn't get in trouble for reacting to this person's thing so that happened and then and uh, and look i said just come away just you know forget about him and we came and we sat on a uh, on a park bench that's on the cafe strip in Fremantle, and, and i was just talking to her. she started to share some of her story and so her hair was um you could see just like chunks of her hair had been cut out and it all short but just like someone's just like a two-year-old's hacked out it with scissors and she had scars on her face and and she was just sharing with me about her partner and who who cut all cut all her hair off Just recently and and the scars on her face were from him and uh just from you know the abuse that she suffered uh from this man and and i was just able just to share the love of god with her i said i just want you to know that god loves you and god thinks you're so beautiful and she starts to cry And I just just loved on her and just hugged her and and prayed for her. And she's weeping at the fact that God would love her and God would think she was beautiful. And I came away from that going, man, I want to spend time with people where the love, the simplicity of that God loves you is radical to them. Because we hear it so much that it just becomes like a uh, you know, just a roar in the background. It's just like background noise. We start to lose that. And we wrestle sometimes with the simplicity of those things even. like, But I want to stay in that place. I want to be in that place where it's like God loves me. It's just like, hits me like the first time. Because that's what it's like when you're in love. So just things that hits you like the first time. You love me, Jesus, that you would love me. That the good news would remain good news. Because I think sometimes the good news becomes old news. And What's the the more good news? Well, if if you're not stuck on that, (laughs) and we talk about what's God, you know, what's he got for my life? What should I do? Love him. You'll spend the rest of your life learning just how to be in love with Jesus. I'm not saying you won't do other things. God won't use you to do amazing things. But I would hope for myself that it's done out of love. And the reality is that only love can make us love. Guilt can't make you love. Fear can't make you love. Shame, condemnation, performance, none of those things can make you love. You can't be forced into love. You just can't. You know it. That Those feelings, it's like, no, that that comes from what gets stirred in my heart. When I fall in love, that's why it is falling in love. I can't produce it. I can't manufacture it. I've got to allow it to be stirred in my affections. And it is all, it's all by God anyway. So often it's just letting me... Feel and experience and live in the love of God abiding in that place and the natural fruit will be to love. So how can we come back to our first love? Well as we read before we've got to abide in His love. Meditate on His goodness. Meditate on His love. If you've got to write it down just sit and just say Jesus I'm so thankful that you love me. Whatever I do have done this week you love me you loved me before I did anything great and you love me even when I do things that are bad still you love me nothing can separate that and not just to focus on being thankful for what he has done but being thankful that he has done it I'm just so thankful Jesus for this job and I'm so thankful for this church, I'm so thankful for for my family i'm just so thankful for all these things that you've done not jesus i'm so thankful for you (laughs) i'm just so thankful for you jesus and look at what you've done in my life which reveals how good you are not how good these things are but how good you are jesus so god i thank you for my wife i thank you for my job i thank you for things but i thank you jesus that when i see this gift that you've given me i see the one who's given it and i say thank you jesus you're so good you love me so well you care for all of my needs because you are good and you love me i think to stir up love in our hearts we've got to spend time with him but it can be time with no agenda. You know, setting apart time to be with Him. Coming, you know, we've got the prayer room that happens. Now again, if you're thinking, oh, I don't know how to pray. Don't. Just come and be with God. Set apart an hour. I'm just going to give this hour to you, Jesus, as a starting point. doesn't matter if I get a prophetic word or I hear your voice or I feel tingles in my body. But even just to position yourself in order to receive and express love will stir it up. The discipline of setting apart time positions you to encounter him god doesn't like it when we put other gods or idols before him so when we clear our schedule we create a time where nothing else is before us now our thoughts can come in and we let and we put them down sometimes i'll if i'm you know you know we pray together as a staff on tuesday morning and sometimes it's like you come in first day of the week and things pop in. Oh, i've got to talk about that so i just write it down let's put notes on my things and then i can get rid of it i'm not processing i'm not thinking about those things i'm just like write it down and put it away so, you know i'm just loving jesus and then when something comes i write it down and i put it away but just to say god i'm just giving you this time and he is worth your 24 hours a day seven days a week <laughs> so really you're giving him a, a portion but to say, this is your time, Jesus. Me and you, and you set the agenda. Oh, I spend time with God, I just don't feel like he talks to me. Maybe he's not talking to you. Maybe he is and you're not listening, but maybe he just loves to be with you. Maybe he's teaching you what it looks like to abide. And you go away from that time that all of a sudden fruit is coming out because you've just been with him. We need to allow God to expand our ability to love as I said before heart healing increases our capacity and our ability to love the healing that I've had in my heart has allowed me it's given me a greater capacity to love my wife and my children because I'm I'm less selfish I can be less bitter i can be less self-seeking i can be less focused on me and having more capacity to love others but it's like the vessel increases because there's not things in the way that are filling the well which means we've got to pursue those sorts of things if you're like no actually life is good i'm pretty good everything's good it's not good because i would say if you look at your relationship with god and go no we're good We're good. That's not good. Because what you're saying is that you've put a limitation on Jesus. You've put a limitation on his desires. And you put a limitation on your desires for him. But God is the God of pursuit. God is the God of hide and seek. You know, come and find me. Can you imagine playing hide and seek with a child and they run off and hide? And you go, cool, I'll go watch TV for a bit. They're sitting there eager anticipation they are going to find me I remember with my kids particularly Abigail and I'd go where's Abigail and she'd she'd giggle and I was like she's giving it away every time you know but she wants me to find her she's not hiding so it's like I hope dad never finds me you know I'm going to be an ultimate hide and seek championship no she's like no I want you to find me so when God if you're not feeling him it's because he's longing for you to search him out but it takes love to do that Another thing we can do is just ask Holy Spirit for an encounter with you. Sometimes we need just that breakthrough moment. It's like, God, crash in on my life. Disrupt my plans. Disrupt my agendas, God. But I will position myself because I love and I long to be in love with you. So disrupt everything, Lord, to awaken that. And we can ask him to help us to love him more. You know, the Bible says we love because he first loved us. So he is the initiator of love and he'll put love in you that will come back to him. How good is God? (laughs) We're in debt to God and what he does is he gives us the money to pay him back. (laughs) That's how good he is. And then we need to allow ourselves to be loved by God. Sometimes that can be the hardest thing. We don't feel worthy to be loved. Maybe we didn't experience love in our primary relationship, so we don't even know how to receive it. So again, that's something we go, I don't even know how to be loved by God. Then do the journey to figure out why. 1 John 4, verse 16. So we have come to know and to believe that God that God has... sorry." But we love because he first loved us. I wanna pray. I don't know if this is gonna work. I just wanna play. I'm just gonna play something for you. This is my daughter Abigail praying at night. Is she here or is she? Oh good. Jesus I, pray that I have good dreams and good thoughts and that I love you. We love you more and I'll sleep in my bed all night and not wake up and that, that stop filming me. Bed all night and not wake up. And that doesn't everybody, doesn't it would us and everybody us and everybody from fires and all the animals and everybody's pets and everybody's stuff and toys and games sleeping. Why are you doing that? She called me. I was trying to do it secretly. But I love her prayer. It's, Jesus, I love you. And I pray that you would help me to love you more. So she says, yeah, I love you, Jesus. But help me to love you more. Because there is more love. And I want that to be, even if you're feeling, if you're sitting there going, man, I'm just, Don't love God. And what's, you know, it's like, no, no, no. It's, it's you here, and he wants you to be here. And then when you're there, there's, here is for you and then when you hear this here for you and there's this infinite journey of falling more and more in love with him but sometimes we need that wake-up call just to go what what am i actually doing with my life am i just in the flow am i just in the flow of what's happening in life and then we would invite the holy spirit to disrupt that flow to disrupt that norm there's no shame there's no guilt he's like i just long for you to love me more he's longing for your love your love matters to God. He loves your love. He loves your love. Sometimes we think, oh, he loves my works so or he'd be happy if I do this thing. No, no, he loves your love. And when you're in love, you'll do all of the things that he's calling you to do. Should we pray? And then we're going to worship then we're going to love on him just a bit more. And just let that, I just wanted to I want this word to marinate. Don't feel like you've got to go out and do something. Let it marinate. Let him come and impact you. Let him come and encounter you. Let him come and convict you. Let him come and awaken you. So, why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you say that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And that yoke that you're speaking of, Lord, is your teachings, God. The things that you would, the the, the primary parts of your message, Lord. They're easy. And you do keep it simple for us, Jesus. So, Lord, we don't want to complicate things, God. But you make it so easy and you say, Lord, what what do you want us to do? And you say, love me. Love me, love me with every part of who you are. Just love me. And Lord, we thank you that the burden is light because when we are in love, God, we don't feel the burden of obedience. So you say, take on this yoke, take on this teaching, take on these principles and their principles just to love me. To love me with every part of who you are. So, Jesus, this morning, we say yes to love. We say yes to love, Jesus. We say yes to the journey of love, God. Even in our natural relationships, Father, where there is a journey of learning how to love well. God, we don't we don't arrive at the finish line, God. And maybe, Father, for some of us in the room, Lord, we, we feel like I'm at the starting line. Maybe it's never even been a priority for you. Or even you weren't aware that there was an opportunity to be in love with God. To be captivated by Him. To be enamored with Him. But that's what you do, Lord. You reveal yourself, God. You reveal yourself to us, Jesus. You reveal yourself to us, Jesus. And it's when we see you, God that we fall more in love with you. But Father, we just come before you and Lord, we choose to repent for any area in our life, Lord, any area of our heart where we have chosen not to or where we have fallen out of love with you, God. Father, we repent for going through the motions, Lord, of the Christian life. But maybe our love has grown cold, our hearts have become hard our attention has moved away from affection and i thank you jesus that you're you're not mad lord you're not angry you're longing you're longing for us jesus this is an invitation to fall in love and to stay in love and Lord, as you as you spoke in the book of Revelation, Lord, that you will remove the lampstand from a people who don't love you first. Because there is no light that be, can be given to the world if there is no love in the hearts of your people, God. Yeah. Father, we don't want to be seen by the world if we're seen to not be in love with you because then we're not offering the world what you came to offer them, Lord, which is a love relationship with the creator of the universe. We might be able to offer the world healing. We might be able to offer the world hope. But we won't be able to offer the world the very thing that you came to give, which was you, which was love, because you are love, Jesus. Um. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come in and crash into our hearts, Lord. Let love explode and ignite and stir up in our hearts, Lord. That you would teach us what it looks like to love. You would teach us what it looks like to receive love, God. Lord, that you would expose the areas of our heart that are inhibiting our ability to receive love from you or our ability to give love to you. Because Father, reality is there's there's blockages on in both directions, Lord. But we can only love you more when we receive more of your love, Lord. But we trust you, Holy Spirit, to take us on that journey, Lord, to take us on the revelation journey. But Father, where our hearts are tired, where our hearts are hard, Lord, would you bring your healing balm? Would you soften our hearts, Lord? Would you bring us back to weeping, Lord, and longing for you, Jesus? We say, yes, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We give you this time, Lord. We want to meet with you, Jesus.